welcome to episode six of the Miles Podcast. This is the explosive episode six. Uh, today, uh, what did I want to discuss? I have like all the things that I want to discuss, like written on little pieces of cardboard, and I just have like a, a stack of them. Okay. Well, that's two two pieces, but still. Uh, so this is actually the second time I've recorded uh, the the episode six of the Miles Podcast. Um, I recorded previously recorded an episode about two three days ago, and it didn't come out the way that I wanted to. I guess the the things I was talking about, and, and I won't go into extensive details, but I was talking about population issues that I could see that the the United States was going to have in the future, as well as universal health care. And well, I I guess it was okay i just didn't find it funny or that entertaining but yeah i don't know it might have been a little informative because i actually did some research to these things so i was mildly informed but at the same time it was like a half an hour of me droning on about how we have too many people in the united states and universal health care um so so regardless i i I don't think I deleted it, so I still have it somewhere. So if, if anyone eventually does want to hear it at some point, I might post it. It's not, I, I probably won't even edit it and just put it out there. But it was like a good solid half an hour of me um, discussing those topics. And it was just those two topics also. It, like I had other things written down that I wanted to talk about. And then I looked up at the clock and it was already half an hour of just those two. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I just stopped and went to bed for the night. Um but anyway, so I, I came up with a good structure for my podcast, which I'm going to share to you. Is So what, what I want to do is uh, you'll hear the very pretty intro music. Um, I'm going to edit I've As you could probably have heard, I edited it. Edited it? I cut it down in size. So it's a little bite-sized sample as I come in. So the structure will be that, then me saying, you know, hello, how's it going? And... <laughs> Then uh, there'll be a couple quick topics, you know, things that annoy me. Like today, it'll be HGTV and why I hate that station. Uh, mostly just the people on it. But so, like, there'll be a couple quick things. And then I'll have a, uh, a main topic for the episode. And uh, today's main topic of the episode, let me pull up my notes on my computer, is uh, it's going to be it's gonna be different. Uh, because I, I hear that these are very popular online. And I'm, I don't want to say I'm jumping on the bandwagon because I'm not making a video for it. So uh, in a little bit, I will discuss my top 10 video games that I find myself always going back and playing again. Um, it's the worst title, but uh, it's right to the point. Just games that I always seem to play over and over again. In actuality, I came up with 15, so I had to cut you know, five of them, which I will mention what five those are uh, later on. But anyways, I will talk a little bit about HGTV. HGTV is the, the home improvement network. And all of it, all it is really is just these annoying people who have too much money complaining about the size of their house or it, or it not having certain amenities. And it annoys me so much, but I don't know why, but I was on vacation and I was just, I found myself watching a lot of it. And, uh, it, well, mostly cause I, I was, I was at my dad's house and they, they watch it a lot. And so in turn, I sat there and watched it as well. But like, the th I guess the thing that annoys me is the tiny home people, the fucking tiny home people. They're they're creepy. I don't like them. They rub me the wrong way because they they a lot of them. You don't really know what they do for work and where they're getting the money from. It's like I'm an upcoming artist. Like, well, all right. So how are you gonna how are you gonna pay for this twenty thousand dollar tiny home that you're constructing? I'm an artist, so <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. But the, the one that that pissed me off, and I saw this one a while ago. This wasn't like a week or two ago but it was it was a family of uh, how many there was like four kids i think it was three boys and a daughter 
and you know, the the mom and dad. And they were looking at houses, and they were and they were looking at them, and they were super tiny and stubby. And they said, "You know what? This is too small." And it's like, Jesus Christ! You're looking for a tiny house, and you're complaining that a house is too small. Just get a fucking normal house. I don't get. I don't get people. So, end of the story on on those those uh, crazy people, is that they moved into a camper, like an RV camper. So they crammed themselves, three boys, and a daughter, into a camper. I feel like that episode should have ended with a call to, like, Child uh, Protection Services because, like, you shouldn't do that. That just sounds like child abuse. Like, there's there's no room. God fucking damn it, does it... Mmm, boils my blood. Or this, this other fucking... These rich people. They were buying a house in Hawaii. And the wife wanted a Victorian-style house. Now, what, whatever the fuck that means, I have no idea. So she wanted that. Also, they both wanted to open it into a bed and breakfast, so they needed a, a guest house also. So she wanted a Victorian house. The husband wanted a, a house that reminded him of Colorado. Why the hell would you buy a house in Hawaii and want it to look like it's in Colorado? Move to goddamn Colorado. Why am I mad about this? I'm like genuinely angry at these people. And so they were looking at a house and the husband was all happy and cheery. He's like, wow, this reminds me of Colorado. And then the wife's like, mm, I really wish it was Victorian style. And then vice versa. They went to a Victorian style house and the husband's like, mm, I really wish it was just, you know, reminded me of my home of Colorado. Like, Fuck. Anyways, they ended up spending like $700,000 on a house and both complaining about it. And it's like, geez, don't move to Colorado into a, like a half-Victorian Colorado house. What the hell does a Colorado house look like? Any other house? Do they live in log cabins? Is it in the shape of Colorado? Well, that'd just be a square. Um, I don't know. Anyways, how many minutes am I into this and why am I... I'm, I'm already angry. I'm seven... Over seven minutes. Well, this is before I added the the intro music. So this is probably, what, eight, nine minutes? And I'm already pissed. All right. What else did I write down? Got to rummage through my things. All right. This is one. No, no one asked you for your opinion. People have said that to me before. Um, so thankfully, no one has said, no one's complained about it on my podcast or commented on it saying no one asked me for my opinion. But you know what? I've had other people. Um, mostly people like my age and, uh, younger, um, generally, generally speaking, I find when I'm, when I'm talking to, to random individuals, which I do a lot, which is strange because I'm a, I'm an introvert at heart, but I am very extroverted and I, I don't know why or when that happened, um, in my life. It just kind of sprang up that like, oh, now I can just talk to people like nothing, crack jokes and stuff. Um... So anyway, so I talk to people a lot about just random stuff, and uh, I, I found that some people, they'll they'll spout off some, like, political, like, out of nowhere. Like, they'll spout off some political um, viewpoints, you know, like, we'd be talking about video games or something, and then the person will be like, yeah, well, I'll wait till Donald Trump does this thing, and it's like, well, where did that come from? And... You know, so they, they'll spout something off like that. And then, you know, I've got to... I feel like I'm obligated to respond with my thoughts on the subject. So I'll hit them with whatever I'm thinking at the moment, which could be for and or against whatever it is that they said. And then they hit me with, no one asked you for your opinion. It's like, well, fuckface, no one asked you for yours in the first place. I'm only giving you mine because you gave me yours. Like, Jesus, come on. I don't, I don't get people. Also, I have this weird disconnect with, like, people who are my age and younger. Um, I had this, like, all through high school. Like, I didn't under... I, I still don't understand young people. I, and I am a young person, apparently. Like, how I'm just understanding Twitter, you know? Like, I feel like people have known about Twitter and known how to use Twitter for ages. And I'm just coming of age in Twitter. But, you know what? That's that's all I had for my, my angry, angry rant and ramblings. Um... 
I feel a lot calmer now. Uh, I'm meditating. Not really, but whatever. Oh, I know what else I wanted to talk about. Um, I've been going bike riding, which has uh, been fun. Uh, it's been it's hard because um, I'm physically not fit, but I'm you know I'm skinny as anything. But it's weird, but whatever. So like I, I went for a, so it was about three to almost four mile bike ride the other day. And it was a spur of the moment. I'm like, all right. So I got out on the bike, realized I had not stretched. So that hurt for a while. And I got about a mile away from my house, mostly downhill, and um, realized I hadn't brought a water bottle. And it was hot outside. So I was like, great. Now I'm probably going to die. <laughs> As you can tell, I didn't. So I, I kept going and going and uh, eventually found my way back to the bottom of the hill where I live. And and that I live near the top of the hill, and I was at the bottom of the hill. And the hill is very steep. I feel like anybody's car has a hard time getting up it. And uh, there was no way in hell I was riding my bike up it. So, of course, I had to get off the bike and walk it up the hill. And, you know, first world problems there. Um, so I finally got home and hydrated. But it, it was like... After after that first mile, it's like, man, I should have remembered that. I should have known that, hey, I'm going to be working out. It's kind of hot. I should probably bring something to hydrate myself. But, nah. So I went out again uh, the day after or the, the day after. I don't know. And uh, I remembered water. So life lesson before you go out and do anything, bring water. All right. So let's get to the exciting top 10 games that I like to replay. That's actually what I typed. Perfect. I guess I'll just start with number 10 and just work work my way down. I have my list backwards, so we're going to read up. All right. Number 10. We got Fallout 3. Now, Fallout 3 is... Uh, I mean, that game meant a lot to me. So, I, I remember watching E3 in, like, 2008 or 2007, I think it was 8, and seeing Bethesda come out with this this new game, Fallout 3. And before that, I had never heard of Fallout 3. And I was watching uh, the EA coverage on G4, uh, on the TV show X-Play. And so they, they were showing off. They had, uh, I don't remember what the developer's name is. It, it'll come to me eventually, but... They had someone up there, and he's talking about, you know, you can craft your own weapons. It's, like, post-apocalyptic. It's cool. And you can, like, lock on to people's body parts. and It was great. So I remember watching it, and the guy had, like, a, a vacuum cleaner gun that shot teddy bears. And he was, like, blowing people uh, into pieces with the, the teddy bear rocket gun thing. and I, And, like... 14-year-old or 15-year-old me was like, oh, my God, I need this game. So when, when I finally did get it, um, I think I got it, like, the last week of school before summer. And then I, I played it all summer. Um, and that was that was pretty cool. I think that was my freshman year of high school. Maybe. I don't remember. It had even been earlier. Either way, so... It meant a lot. So so I go back. I haven't recently. That's why this game is at the bottom of the list. Um, I used to go back and play this game about once a year. Um, but then as Fallout New Vegas came out, I think I still enjoyed Fallout 3 more than New Vegas. Um, but then Fallout 4 came out, and I haven't touched Fallout 3 since because I think it would be hard to go back to. But I still have really good memories of that game. And one of these days coming up, I, I feel like I should get back in and, uh, and play it for, for, for a while. Not like a full playthrough. Because I'm talking, I played through that game, shit, at least 400 hours, if not more. That's like several playthroughs, I think. Uh, Alright. I feel like I should also have put Skyrim there. We'll go Fallout 3 slash Skyrim because they're both made by Bethesda and they're just those open world games that suck you in. Again, Skyrim was another one that I think I spent an entire summer 
I want to say after high school, just like a couple friends and I would play online. Now, you can't play the game together, but we would just like be in a chat talking about what we were doing and stuff. Um, so that game was fun also. All right, so we got number nine, Pokemon. Mostly just the older ones. Um, the newer ones, not so much. So the reason I wrote that, wrote that was because, again, I, I'm a kid of, like, the late 90s. I remember, like, two years out of the 90s, which is a bummer. Wish I had remembered more or had been born maybe earlier. I don't know. The older Pokemon games I enjoyed because I grew up with them. Um, mostly Generation 2. Generation 1 uh, really became popular right around when I was three or four maybe five and then like i got into i i had them i had pokemon blue i remember having it and i remember playing it and i remember i was bad at it but i didn't really get into the series until uh pokemon crystal and i remember i i've played pokemon crystal several times I, at one point i had two copies because my first copy um had my original save on it and my second copy was just to play for fun um, and that's not now. That was back middle school. I had two copies. I remember trading stuff with some people at school just to get a second copy of it. Um, but I remember as a kid going to Walmart and on the, on the, the TVs that they had on the wall, they had Pokemon Crystal, like just a, just a quick trailer for it. Now the original Pokemon, it was all black and white. Uh, granted, I did have a Game Boy Color, so it, it had some, some color, but it wasn't specifically made for the Game Boy Color. So that that's what I had played before. So going into the Walmart and seeing on the, on the big screen Pokemon Crystal with, you know, colored graphics. Um, the Pokemon did a quick little animation when you went into battle. Uh, new Pokemon, like more than the 151, like... My five- or six-year-old brain could not handle it, and it was like, what? Oh, it was amazing. Um, so, so anytime I, I, I want to feel nostalgic, I, I throw in Pokemon Crystal or, like, Pokemon Yellow or Blue, and I, and I play through it and have fun. But, again, it, this is closer to the bottom of the list, so it hasn't happened in a while because it, it's also a time commitment. I, I don't find that I have much time to play portable games. I mean, I guess I guess I could while I'm, pl while I'm watching Netflix or watching Star Trek or something, but at, when I'm watching Star Trek, it's like I'm kind of watching, actually watching it, so it's hard for me to not pay attention because they'll be like, oh, there's a, there's a thing going on, and I'm like, oh, shit, I need to see what's going on. So, all right. Number eight, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Again, another f great game that I played a lot as a kid. I played it at my cousin's house all the time on his computer. And again, I was bad at it. But now, now I am good at it. Um, I am the best at, at tycooning those roller coasters. Anyways, so Roller Coaster Tycoon is your... Uh, you're a roller coaster tycoon. You build a roller coaster park. Uh, people come in, they buy things, you make money... You try to achieve a goal of having a high park rating because it's popular and, or meet a goal of having X amount of people in your park in a certain amount of time. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty old PC game. If I remember right, it's like mid-90s, if not early 90s. And I think it still holds up today. Like, the graphics, they're, they're pixelated, but they're still good. Like, I, the version I've been playing is the original Xbox version, which sounds strange because, again, it works so well on the PC, but, like, the original Xbox one, I'm having no problems with. Um, the controller's a little odd, but whatever. So, again, it's another game that I'm super nostalgic for. Um, but don't worry, there are some games on this list that I am not super nostalgic for. Okay, there's, like, one that I'm not super nostalgic for. Either way, so... It was a roller coaster tycoon. Um, I guess I can't really say much about it. It's just it's a fun game. I I love just kicking it on. Um, I bought it for the original Xbox maybe like a year and a half ago, and like every couple months I just get sucked in. 
in like each scenario that you play, you know, it's a different location, different objective. It gives you different uh, rides to start with. Um, and like I'll, I'll throw it in, play a couple scenarios, and that's like a good four or five, six hours. And like that's good. So then uh, a couple months later, uh, same thing happens. So it, it's been pretty consistent, and uh, I'm I'm really happy that I'm playing it right now. Um, so, yeah. All right, number seven, Banjo-Kazooie. This is actually one of my favorite games uh, as an adult. Because, like, as a kid, uh, there was two Banjo-Kazooie games. There was Banjo-Kazooie, and then there was Banjo-Tooie. Um, Banjo-Tooie was the one that I owned and the one that I played a lot. And I thought was my favorite one out, out of the two. But then, as an adult, I picked up Banjo-Kazooie, the first game. And I found that it was a lot better of a game. Not to say that the second one's not a good game, because it's actually a very good game. It built off of everything that the first one had, but I don't know. The first one's cool. So, in the first one... You, you play as a bear and a bird, and it's a platformer, and you attack things. It's great. You collect shiny bits and move on. So each level, there's ten levels, if I remember correctly. Each level is self-contained. You can go into the level. Um, you can find uh, your, like, your character upgrade, so you can do, like, a new move or something. You can find that in the level. You can use that in the level. And you can collect every single shiny bit and, and trinket and goodie in that level and then be done with it and move on. So you don't have to go back to that level. Opposed to the second game where you'd go to level one, you could only get three shiny bits, then you could move on to level two. And then once you get to level three, you get a power up that you can go back to level one to get more shiny bits. So it was a lot of backtracking and jumping around. Um, but again, as a kid, I liked that one a lot more. And in fact, didn't like the first one at all when I had rented it. But now, as an adult, it's good. Um, and and I, I throw it on the N64. I wouldn't say super often, but often enough that I, I can't speedrun it, but I can definitely get through a couple levels in a, in a sitting, and it's fun. Um, I would highly recommend you check it out. It has a soundtrack that is just liquid gold for the ears. It is beautiful. Uh, Grant Kirkhope is an amazing composer, and I would highly recommend listening to that soundtrack. It is, it's goofy sounding, and it's fun. Um, and there's definitely a, an influence for my, for my guitar playing. Not saying that my guitar playing is goofy, but just how he incorporates uh, the notes of C and F uh, to give this bouncy offset is just, it's, it's, it's brilliant, really. So moving on to number six. We got Mario Kart Double Dash. Now, I didn't clump together all of the Mario Karts because that is not true. I don't play all the Mario Karts often. Um, the one that I, the ones that I play the least are like the Wii one, which I haven't played in years. Uh, the Super Nintendo one, I don't like. Um, just doesn't play well. The weird handheld ones, I don't play very often. But like my favorite two Mario Karts are Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart Double Dash and fucking Double Dash. Again, that that is a game. That is a game that I play every year. Like I delete my save file start over, and have a blast. I remember last time I played through it, I think it was about a year and a half ago, I was excited at work to go home to play more Double Dash. Like, I haven't felt that way in a while, and I was, like, genuinely like, yes! Mario Kart! I was so pumped. Even though, like, I've played through it, and I've beaten it, and I've set a bunch of high scores and stuff, tons of times... It's just so much. I, I love it. The The controls are so good. The character selection's great. I feel like if someone were to hold a competition for it, 
I would be one of the best at it. That's not me bragging that I'm just stating that as true because, like, the, my character combination. So, like, in Double Dash, you get to pick two characters on for your race car. And it's so cool because, like, you can grab uh, two items and then you can use some strategy and you can switch who's driving and who's in back and who's throwing items and who's not. And there, there's a lot of strategy to, the, to my characters that I pick and uh, the weight class that I use. And it's always fun when I have a bunch of people over and we can we can all play. And everyone pretty much, I would generally say, everyone's fighting for second place because I'm already a mile ahead. Like, I love the maps. The maps are great. And I want to play more right now, just talking about it. I get, I get excited Whenever anyone tell, talks about that game, I'm just excited. And there's a lot of people who don't like that game. I guess I don't blame them because, you know, whatever. Maybe they like the N64 one better. Um, I forgot to mention that one. That one's okay. All right, so number five. Number five is a game that I would classify that I can speed run. I wouldn't say world record speed run in any way, shape, or form, but I can speed play through it very fast, uh, which is Pikmin. Uh, for the GameCube. I haven't been mentioning what these games are for, like, system-wise. Whatever. If you know anything about video games, you should probably know. Maybe? I don't know. Anyway, so Pikmin on the GameCube. The game's cool. It's, I, I played it as a kid, and I was bad at it. I'm sure I've said that on every single one of these. Uh, I, I used to suck at video games. I still suck at video games. But so Pikmin is a game where you're in a little rocket ship in space and an asteroid hits you and you crash on a, a mysterious planet that has this poisonous atmosphere that is oxygen. So all your ship breaks into 30 different pieces and scatters across the land. And it's your job as Captain Olimar to find all your ship parts within 30 days uh, before you run out of stuff to breathe. And um, you recruit the help of these little creatures called Pikmin. Uh, there's three of them in the first one. There's a red Pikmin, a yellow Pikmin, and a blue Pikmin. Each each one does something different. The game, I would say, is, class, is definitely classified as a real-time strategy game. So you, as the captain, don't really do much. You command your Pikmin to do things for you, like pick things up, uh, kill enemies consume the enemies and uh, just stuff like that so the reason i'm describing this game so well is because i've played it a lot as an adult i think this was when i was between jobs i had the time to speed run the game and get real good at it so like i said you have 30 days to get all the ship parts and i believe there are five levels and uh each level has more and more parts and uh, the, le the, the last level has one part, but you have to fight the, the end game boss. So you have 30 days. Generally speaking, it should take you about 25 to 30 days to get all the parts if you're new at the game um, or you just fail. One of those two options. Um, so as a kid, I always failed. I ran out of time. I ran out of Pikmin, what have you. It's a whole issue. But then I got good at it. Then I was being able I was able to beat it within that window, that 25 to 30 day window. Like I, I think I the first time I beat the game, I did it in 27 days. And uh, I, I felt pretty good about myself. Um, so each day in the game lasts, I think seven minutes? Seven to fifteen. It's it's in between there somewhere. It might have been just ten minutes. So it's not very long. So I got I, I pinned it in between those that window. And I, I was like, all right, I want to do better. So I shaved it down to 20 days. And then I'm like, all right, let me strategize here. I think I can minimize what I'm doing. So I, I was writing things down. I, I drew a couple maps of where things were. I know I could have bought the guidebook. But again, I said I was in between jobs. I had no money. So I shaved it down even more, and I got it down, I think my record was 12 days. Now, the world record is 7 days. 
I don't know how the fuck I can shave off any more time. Because there's... You waste one day regardless of, of what you do. Because the the very first level that you land on, the tutorial day, it goes... You, you can't... There's two parts in that level. And you can only get one of them the first time you're in that level. The second part you can't get unless you go... You have to go back there with a certain color of Pikmin to get get that second piece. And I, it's just a waste of a day, really. It's like I can't go to that level and, you know, grab the part and be done in three minutes and then save that time and go to another level. No, that means day is over. That counts. Booge. So I'm, I, I haven't watched someone do it in seven days I, I just read someone did it in seven days i did watch someone do it in 10 and that was cool but like i said my record's 12 days i'm happy i got a picture of it somewhere on my computer so it it exists i did it all 30 parts it was great all right if you couldn't tell i fucking love pikmin all right this next one i'm gonna try to keep short because i'm sure everyone and anybody knows this um, number four is Zelda games. I didn't pick a specific one because I play through quite a few of them, I would say, pretty often. Um, most recently, I think it was the Twilight Princess remake for the Wii U, and I enjoyed that. Uh, but, like, the, the ones that I, I enjoy the most um, are Ocarina of Time, uh, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess. Oh, and Minish Cap. I fucking love Minish Cap. No one talks about that one. But those are the the, the four four Zelda games that I, I think I play the most. Or have played, replayed the most in the past. Um, Wind Waker's just, it's so cute and goofy. I, I like it. I like it a lot. And um, like I said, I don't want to harp too much on these. Because they're Zelda games. I'm sure everybody likes them. Um, so let's move on to number three. We have Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. Uh, preferably on the GameCube, I would say. So, Sonic games... Sonic games are weird. So, Sonic games, as of late, have been getting good. From what I've heard, Sonic Mania came out... And it's doing real well. People are liking it. But the way that they built they built Sonic Mania is off of the older games. Now, as a kid, I hadn't played the older Sonic games like Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic and Knuckles. I hadn't played those. Uh, the ones that I grew up with was Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2. I played them at my cousin's house on the Dreamcast, and then once once I got my GameCube... They ported them over to the GameCube. Not just for me, but just in coincidental, I guess. And I enjoyed the first one a lot, and I still I still will play through the first one every now and then. But the second one The second one is it I dumped hundreds of hours into as a kid. I'm talking like six to seven hundred hours. That's an insane amount of time for one game. And, like, the the thing that kept bringing me back, and it doesn't anymore, was th there was this Tamagotchi aspect of the game called Chow, or the Chow Garden. And what it was is, like, this little digital pet. Like, a garden you could have, like, 30 of them, I think. Um, 10 in different rooms. And you just... You raise them, you give them uh, glowy bits or animals to, so that they can eat the essence or whatever. And they didn't really do much. I just thought they were adorable and fun. And, like, you could you could breed some of them and get different colors and different uh, stats and stuff. And you could uh, they would evolve. And depending on if they liked a good guy or a bad guy or... If they're, what statistics on them were higher, they would be better at other things, or they would evolve differently. And it was so cool as a kid, and I loved it. And like I said, I dumped 
hundreds of hours into just that. Now as an adult, I go back, I don't even touch that aspect. Because it's a slippery slope, and I don't want to get sucked back in. So I just play through the campaign, and I love it. Um, all the levels are real good. All, all the music is amazing. Uh, I'm actually recording a cover of one of the songs from that game. Um, and it's coming along alright, slow, because I'm lazy, and whenever I record music, it takes me forever. But music's great, game's great, controls are not good. Um, because because I played the game for so many hours, I understand how, how the broken camera works, how the, the broken controls work, so... It's not a problem for me, but I've seen other people play it, and they're just like, why am I doing this? Why is my character doing this? And it's like, well, I know why. But I love those games. Um, the, the, something that was sad and why I haven't gone back to play it uh, recently is my, my save data for my original playthrough, the one that had like 700 hours, the, the save data corrupted, and I and I don't have the heart to delete it so it's just corrupted on my on my memory card and that's probably where it's going to be forever which is sad but you know until i can maybe find someone on the internet who can uncorrupt that stuff um i guess i'm uh kind of screwed oh well so what are we at we're at number two holy shit we're flying through this uh i think this is my longest podcast yet Oh boy. Alright. Number two. We have I have, not you. There's no we. This is this is an individual list. This is so I don't care about your opinions on this. Who who asked you for your opinion? Um Alright, number two is Super Mario Sunshine for the GameCube. This is a game that I will play once every winter. I will play from start to finish, and each time I get a little better at it. And like I said, I played in the winter. So Super Mario Sunshine just takes place on a tropical island. It's bright. It's colorful. It's fun. I, I love the, the gameplay mechanics uh, that you have a jetpack, like a water jetpack. It's fun. I Again, like, I, I've played that game so much that I know how to just, like, break it. So, like, they, they want you to go this one specific way. But, like, I know how to do weird backflips and stuff and then... Like, bam, I've skipped a whole chunk of the level because, you know, I know how to break this game. But I play it every winter because it, it's shitty outside. There's, there's piles of snow. What better than playing a, a warm tropical game than this one? So this is the one that I always I always play. Um, and, and it's been religious for the past five years now. I've played it once every winter, so... I'll play it this winter. Like I said, I get I get better at it. There's um, you collect uh, shine sprites, and I think there's 120 shine sprites in the whole game. And each year, like I've seen all my save files. Like one year it was 74, next year it was 89, next year it was 97 or something. So th so this year I'm I'm gonna try to break 100. Um, I'm not going for speed records. I'm j I just enjoy the game. Um, it's always fun when I can beat games that I couldn't as a kid. It's always, like, gratifying, I guess. Alright, so number one. Num oh, no, I'm not doing number one yet. I gotta do my, my honorable mentions. Uh, again, I'll just kind of rapid fire through these. We got Luigi's Mansion on the GameCube. Fucking love playing through that. I can play through that in one sitting, but I haven't in a while. And, oh well. Alright, next one. WarioWare Smooth Moves on the Wii. That one's fun when I got people over. But I played it a lot when I was younger. But now, and I can't just play it by myself anymore. I, I don't know. It's fun with people. The next one is we got Tetris. Uh, Tetris is a recent addition. I didn't play Tetris until... I guess I didn't avidly start playing Tetris until about two years ago. Again, I just kind of pop it in whenever. Or I just play it on my arcade whenever I feel like... All right, next one, uh, Hitman Blood Money. I played that game a lot with my dad as a kid, 
and him and I used to compete, uh, see who could do it faster, or do certain levels and certain missions faster. There was uh, there was one mission in particular that I could do in 40, 42 seconds or something, and get like the highest rating ever or whatever, and it was fun. So we'd compete, and I still love the Hitman games to this day. That's an old one too. I can't. Jeez, uh, that was like two thousand five. Uh, Blood Money came out. And then the last honorable mention is Crazy Taxi. Again, this is another recent addition. I, I've only been playing Crazy Taxi for six, seven months now. But I'm getting pretty good at it. So I, I throw it in the GameCube um, maybe once every two weeks. Play through it a couple times because it's, it's an arcade game. So you can do that. And uh, go from there. You know, I, It's not one that I've been playing for years and years. But this number one, number one game that I find myself going back to, that I, I thoroughly enjoy, Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door for the GameCube. I fucking love this game. I wish I could, I could boil down what I feel about this game into a concentrated, like, liquid and just give it to people so they could know how much I love this game. So they... Okay, so apparently I want to be a drug dealer now. So, Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door. There's so many things it does right. So it's an RPG. And generally speaking, I don't like RPGs. I don't like turn-based RPGs. Where you have partners that you can switch out and they do different things and abilities. And I know that's contradicting what I said with Pokemon. Because that's a turn-based RPG. But... The way Paper Mario does it, it just is so much better. Um, it's, it's so much better than, like, Final Fantasies. I, I don't like those kinds of turn-based RPGs. I don't find them fun. There's just so much to them that I don't understand. But Paper Mario dumbs it down to my level, and I'm okay with that. That makes me feel good. The whole world is made out of paper or made to look out of paper and and the way things interact is like if it was made out of paper and the whole paper mario series i enjoy i well okay there's the one on the wii i don't but that doesn't detract from how good this one is this one it took everything that was good in the first one and made it better and i find it to be not only one of my favorite games of all time. I find it to be one of the best sequels of all time across like any platform whatsoever because like I said, it improved on so much. Um, it made the, the battle mechanics more um, interactive, more dynamic for sure. Uh, it's great. And, the, and like how, how the game is written, like from a story perspective, there, there's a lot of humor in the game. And there's a lot of there's a lot of subtle dry humor. I'll give you a quick example. There, there's one part where you 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 hide in the shadows and you eavesdrop on some crows. Now that sounds batshit crazy already, right? Now you're listening to these crows and they're talking about fiber optic connections and how that that's the wave of the future and the internet. Now this is two thousand like four. And, like, in 2017, that's that's still funny. I still enjoy that kind of thing. Like, that's a funny nod. Like, at one point, they're talking about online dating and how weird it is. Like, man, those crows know what's what. So, this game, I, I, I don't say I, I play it every year like I do Mario Sunshine. But I enjoy it the most when I do play it. And each time I get better and better and better... And I, I, there's a lot of text in the game. And each time, I feel like I read more of it. And, like, I don't remember that character saying that. Huh, that's funny. You know, things like that. I pick up more each time. Because there's so much. And, and the, the game's open world. And there's so much to do. Well, I guess that comparing it to other things like Skyrim and, uh, like, Grand Theft Auto. I don't know, big big triple a games like the new zelda game 
Comparing it to those, it's not that grand in scale, but it's big enough. Because, like, they put you into this little shitty town, and, like, it's not what you're used to in a Mario game. Like, in a Mario game, you're used to, you know, happy little toads being like, hello, and that's it. But in this one, you're in this shitty little port town where, like, you can get robbed, there's a mafia. There's there's a, a rival mafia that the the regular mafia doesn't like, and they they want to you know have them swim in with the fishes. It, it's darker and and grittier, but it's still happy go lucky and fun. There's there's the game's broken up into chapters, and each chapter is uh, you know obviously drastically different. You get new characters, new locations, but. Like, some, some of the really good chapters, there's a lot of them. There's eight or nine chapters in total. And the ones that stick out, there's one where you you go to, like, participate in WrestleMania. And you, you fight your way up the ranks, and then you take on uh, the big guy at the top, the Rock Hawk. And he's like a, a yellow bird guy. And so you, you beat him in battle, and then you win the championship belt. And, like, there's a bit more to it, but, like, that's just cool. That What games do you do that? Especially in an RPG. Like, I can't think of any other ones. Well, then again, I don't play many of them. And there's another one where uh, you're on a train, and you've got to play detective, and you got to, people are losing things, people are going missing. Well, you got to find out why, and you got to find clues and things like that. It's really cool because of, like, each chapter drastically feels different while feeling the same. So, like, the core gameplay is still the same, but everything around it, what you're doing is always different. There's one where you're on a tropical island, like, you get shipwrecked. So you gotta find a way to save everybody. Like it's it's just neat. Um, I would highly recommend anybody anybody who has a GameCube and has a shred of interest should check out that game. In fact, I, I've been feeling I've I've been feeling like I want to play it again, and that just means that I've I'm gonna dump forty to fifty hours into it. And, like, I haven't even gotten into the uh, the RPG elements of it, which is a lot. And it's actually got some depth to it. Like, if you, if you really think about what you're doing and decisions when you level up, it drastically changes the game. Because when I compare how I played it when I first played it to when I, how, I, how I go through it now, I have such an easier time now. Not just because I know what I'm doing, but... I now know, I now understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing what I'm doing, which is great. And there's also a bunch of uh, subtle Easter eggs to other Mario games and uh, other characters. So a lot of nods to the first Paper Mario on the N64. I think with a lot of those reasons, uh, there's, there, I'm sure there's more. That game just holds a, a special place with me. I, I think the copy that I have... I will probably have forever because it just means that much to me. So I think that's the best game that I could put at number one for for this type of list. Um, I might do a, a top ten Miles' favorite video games, which it in actuality it probably wouldn't be that different from what this is. There's a couple things I like more or less on this list. Um, maybe that's what I'll do next time. Who knows? We'll see, but that that was it. Let me know what you think if uh, if you agree with me, if you disagree with me. Well, I guess you, you can't really disagree with me because you're not the fuckers playing the games. I'm the one that's doing it. This is about me, not about your opinion. No one asked you for yours. So with that, I would say, Jesus Christ is a long podcast. I would say this is the end of episode six of the Miles podcast. Uh, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can. Uh, that is at Miles, M-Y-L-E-S, underscore man. Um, you can follow me on Facebook. I have a Facebook somewhere. 
I, I have like my own dedicated Miles Man face Facebook page, which I, I created back in like high school. I, I, fuck it. Yeah, go for that if you want. You can subscribe to me on Podbean. I am now on iTunes. So you could be listening to this on iTunes, and I wouldn't even know. Because Podbean doesn't tell me. Doesn't tell me if someone's listening to it on iTunes. Don't tell nobody. Anyways, so I'm on iTunes. Subscribe to me. Send it to friends. Send it to your grandma. Send it to your grandma's friends. I don't care. Either way, I hope... You've enjoyed episode six. If you have any recommendations on what I should talk about in future podcasts, feel free to reach out on those social medias that I had listed before. iTunes does not count as a social media because I don't think you can leave comments. I think you can leave reviews, which is different, but I'm not sure. I don't really know how to use iTunes when it comes to podcasting. I only listen to like two podcasts on there. So with that... Uh, you can listen to the rest of this beautiful music created by yours truly. Well, covered by yours truly. Uh, and bye. Bye.